Welcome back to news from the drug war front. The news from the drug war front. Uh, and we get as much news as we possibly can, but unfortunately a lot of the news is old news or fake news or We've got some disinformation. recent news about, um, it's, well, there is an ACT um, article, but there's uh, an effort by the Greens to try and get the Victorian Labor government to get Indeed. cracking on a drug testing facility. Um, yeah, and a story from uh, Jonathan Davis along that line yes. about why he's changed his mind about uh, well, his was, view on drugs. He was one of the speakers. Um, in fact, that article appeared on the same day as he spoke at the um, Family and Friends for Drug Law Reform 28th Annual... The Overdose Memorial. Remembrance Ceremony, yeah. yeah. Um, it's actually not just an overdose memorial, is it, Jeffrey? It's actually a memorial for those people who, who have been drug users but who die while using drugs. Yeah, yeah? I, yeah I guess you could nuance I guess it that not way. Ever, because I know a lot of the people that I remember are people who were colleagues and friends of mine at the time, and at the time they died, they were using drugs. Yeah. Well, it says 28th Annual Remembrance Ceremony for those who lose their life to illicit drugs. Yeah. So Okay, it was, so it's actually targeted at those people who do lose their lives. Well, it yeah. started with Brian and Marion. McConnell, who lost their son. Yeah, um, and well, look, and and her husband, Peter, yeah, her, you know, who yeah. was very um, well few years back. Yes, who was very militant about it. But the, I think the issue is largely that many um, families, um, relatives, have, uh, like Jonathan Davis, changed their mind from being so angry and so moral, you know, it's so morally repugnant to them that drugs um, or being intoxicated is an okay thing to saying, well, look, but that's what people do. I think people and will realise that when they hear the story. Absolutely. Um, so, yeah. Got, um, got to meet him, got to meet um, um, Michael Pedersen. Oh, did you? Briefly at the Karma office. Right, that's the man that everybody will remember, the man that introduced the uh, legislation. And yep. he um, started the two cannabis plants and then did some preliminary work on the decrim bill, which comes into effect uh, on the 28th, which is why I was hoping to get um, uh, the executive director of Karma, Chris Goff, on the show today. But Oh, we got, is Mitch coming? Uh, Mitch is coming just oh, up, great. Uh, sort of on or about the 11 o'clock news. So after the news. Um, his yeah, communications and... Um, uh, well, he also works at the uh, Cantes. At Cantes, he? So that'll be really interesting. I'm, di to. I'm dying to... Um, and although I know we, we tend to flog the Cantes a bit, it is a, an innovative um, program. It's nowhere else in Australia, although there are... Putting it, bringing have it in, in it? Queensland. Have you seen it in action? Or? It's, no, I haven't. No, I haven't been down I. to see it, but I just think I went over to see if I could get the most recent results, but they haven't been released yet. So the last ones we had were We've July, August, and that's kind of two months ago. But we will get the new ones, and when we get them, we will let you know. Well, just to I thought give people who couldn't um, make it to the remembrance ceremony because you come away feeling sad. There were 370 names read. Wow, and, and the that would only be half of them. Oh, Jeffrey, the, you absolutely. know, the, the drug deaths is um, higher than the road deaths toll, yeah? Look, it, it, I knew about eight of the people. Um, Peter said he knew about 25. Um, so, you know, it's it's you can't help but feel sad for the wasted life. Um, well, and the fact that we're still here and, and why 
why, why? I mean, that's what I used to always ask myself, Jeffrey. How come I get to still be here, and breathing, and able to advocate and like be on the radio show, and all these other people that I loved and and was friends with, and I miss dreadfully. Look, I've forgotten people that yeah. died a long time ago. There's been so many. Um, but one of the good things was uh, we had a peer speaker for only the second time at yeah. the, in 28 years. We had Sioni about oh, eight or nine years ago. And uh, Chris was first speaker up yesterday. And okay. um, he's, he spoke really well. And then there was a musical item, um, a song called Down in the Hole by Alison Chains, yeah. which was uh, sort of appropriate. And then Jonathan Davis, Davis spoke. Um, oh, good. ACT Greens member for Brenda Bella. And then um, the Reverend Martin Johnson, who's the rector at St Philip's Anglican Church in, in O'Connor, not far from me, uh, he read the names and did it really well. Um, and, and Bill Bush well, was Bi- emceed it, did Bill, he? Bill was emceeing. Um, I love Bill to death. Uh, He's been around for such a long time. He I has. Just, I just admire his commitment to the cause. But like us, has lost a person who just was so close to him. It's just, it's just not fair, Jeffrey. It's just no, not fair. Not fair at all. I hate seeing people in pain like that. For for what? Yeah. For want of somebody, a great. You know, a huge nation's impact on the world about making drugs the demons, yeah? And people who use drugs the demons. Yeah, the nicest part is um, placing a flower on, on the yeah. plaque, you know, which is um, basically to all those who've lost their life from uh, using drugs or you know, essentially from prohibition. And there's a quote from Kenneth Slesser, um, which is uh, quite appropriate. And it was erected in uh, December 1996. So yeah. that's how far, far back it goes. Wow. But um, it was a really moving day, you know. They had music. They actually had a coffee van. Yeah. A proper coffee. So, oh, um, a coffee van. Normally the families and friends provide that. Yeah. But it must be such hard work for them to try and cater, you know, for the number of people that turn up. Because you can never be sure who's going to arrive. Absolutely. So, but I do admire their commitment and their support of that day, which means they support us, and I love that. Absolutely. Well, well we kick off, we mentioned Jonathan Davis. Um, mm. There was a piece in the Canberra Times yesterday, October 23rd, uh, by Lucy Bladen, ACT Drug Decriminalisation, why the Greens uh, member of the Legislative Assembly, Jonathan Davis, changed his views. Hmm. Uh, Jonathan Davis knows what it is like caring for someone with a with severe drug addiction. The burden, the drain and the, the tussle considering calling the police for help, knowing someone he loved could face jail. Mr Davis knew he was out of step with the Greens policy platform on drugs, treating them as a health issue rather than a criminal one with harm reduction measures to support people. But he was uncomfortable with decriminalisation and this is what you said before about personal experience. Um, yep. Like when Bob Hawke cried because um, his daughter had revealed he was his daughter, yeah. was it? Yeah. Uh, taking up the mantle of leading uh, the Greens' response to drug harm minimisation, he faced a personal and political reckoning. I was anxious about working on an area of policy where I know from the outset my own lived experience and the biases that come from that lived experience may have put me out of sync with, with the Greens' party platform, he said. I knew where those on my side of politics sat when it came to drug law reform, and so I had 
this tension between my own experiences and the biases that had come from those experiences. It was a bit of an internal reckoning to say, well, how am I going to work on this policy challenge? Growing up, Mr Davis was the carer for a family member who suffered with uh, drug dependency and the idea of decriminalisation sat uncomfortably with him. I cared for that family member for many years and that caring responsibility was a physical burden, an emotional burden and an intellectual burden. It's incredibly taxing, he said. I dare say it was a, um, a social burden too, Geoffrey, because that's often why well, I, people I found that's often yeah. why people are so reluctant to come out as supporters or carers for people with drug dependency because socially it's alienating. I mean, we as users are alienated, but families are even more so. Exactly. Anyway, the article continues. Uh, quote, uh, Jonathan Davis is saying, being a carer takes a lot out of you. It's really a thankless job. It's a very hidden job. And I use the word job literally. You can absolutely love the person you're caring for and over, overwhelmingly carers love the person they are caring for, but it is a job. It's physically onerous and it drains you. While he was uncomfortable at the idea of decriminalisation, Mr Davis felt an enormous amount of pressure growing up about whether to call the police on his family member. He quotes again, I was a child and I would rationalise both calling the police when the situation overwhelmed me and then realising I couldn't because then the person I love was going to possibly go to jail. That would impact my life and their life. No good came from that, he said. I don't want that for the next generation of young people who are forced into the situation that I found myself in, he said. Mm. Mr Davis was given the job of being the Green spokesperson on drug harm minimisation, but he was quietly hopeful he wouldn't have to confront the issue for a while. That all changed when Labor backbencher Michael Pedersen brought forward a private member's bill proposing those caught with drugs be given a fine instead of facing criminal penalties. It meant Mr Davis was leading his party's response to an issue where he felt so conflicted. Not only that, but he also became the Greens' representative on a select committee inquiring into Mr Pedersen's bill. But Mr Davis decided to tackle the challenge head-on. He wanted to ensure the inquiry spoke to everyone, including police, lawyers, victims of crime, advocates, academics, people who had suffered with drug dependency and family members who had watched people suffer with their dependency. It, he was forced to fully confront and acknowledge his bias. Which is quite a confronting it, situation. It's a very difficult thing to do, and but I'm so pleased that he came to grips with it in this fashion rather than remaining biased and... and Sticking uh, to the prohibition yeah, argument. Yeah. And alienated from yeah. the society. Feeling guilty about being advocating on behalf of it is part of what we have to face every day, Geoffrey. Happens to a lot of people. Mm. Uh, Mr Davis said all of the witnesses provided compelling arguments, but it was the testimonies of those who had lost family members to substance abuse who brought him across the, uh, across the line. Quote, family and friends of people 
um, we have lost to the war on drugs and their drug dependency. It's really hard to look those thoughtful, smart people in the eye and tell them that the way that we're dealing with drug use in this country is okay, mm. he said. I knew at that moment that we really had to do something different. That was the penny drop moment for me where I was able to acknowledge that the status quo just doesn't work. The ACT's new drug decriminalisation laws come into effect on October the 28th and under the new scheme, people caught with small amounts of illicit drugs will receive either a $100 fine or will have to attend a diversionary program. Under the current laws, a person caught with drugs can face an $8,000 fine or even two years in jail. Very few people in the Territory are charged for possession alone under the current laws. But it, it clears up personal possession of drugs. And one of the good things about having Mitch after 11 is he can clarify. Yeah. Um, I've had a lot of people say to me, oh, isn't that great? The laws mean the police can't oh, confiscate yes. your drugs. Well, they can. You yeah. know, there's a lot of misunderstanding. There is. A, a lot, and that's one of the reasons that we harp on about it. We want this clarified. And the reason why Mitch is coming to speak to us about the drug laws is because people are so clearly confused about the results. Police will be able to confiscate the drugs you have. Yes. The drugs you possess will still be against the law, will still be illegal to have them. It's just they will be reducing the penalties for the possession of particular amounts of individual drugs. It's a great step in the right direction. It is. And I think it needs to be acknowledged. The cur yeah. courage of our um, legis legislative assembly and the MPs who represent us. And the lovely thing about it, Geoffrey, is that now that we have the CAN test, we can actually get those drugs checked. So possession of a certain amount of drug depends on how pure the drug is, right? And what we've been banging on for years about quality, quantity, purity and price, and if we know the purity of the drug, then when you're talking about a drug that's 30% pure or what you're holding is 30% heroin and 70% something else or contaminant, um, then they can't charge us with 2.5 grams of heroin mm. when it's only 30% heroin. So I just think that that might be an interesting way to look at it for us. I think it may be to our advantage that no longer do we have to rely on the police forensic analysis. We can actually get it defined ourselves. Well, as we know, because we report every month on the latest figures, it's been going for a year and it's already building up a database of Accurate information. Indeed. Which is yeah. awesome. It's really important. Okay, well, you um, play a song. We've played this many times. It's Edwin Star War. And We're feeling really like important prohibition. right at the moment, yep. We're sick to death of prohibition. I might say the voice, sad though it is, does not mean we're not talking about the voice and Australia when we talk no. about war. We're talking about what's happening in the rest of the world, yeah. particularly in the Middle East. This is Eben Star and War. Ah! <laughs> 
Right, that was Edwin Starr, and he's um, yeah, sixty handsome. Perfectly oh. relevant. Yeah, what well, is it good for? Absolutely absolutely nothing. nothing. Absolutely nothing, and will well, be. Well, you know, except for the people who make guns and, and money that and the United yeah. States. Yeah, wasn't oh, there a huge um, money president of the United States who actually made his fortune on uh, selling guns to the Iraqis or the Iranians? Not sure. Oh, yeah, oh, it was, was um, yeah, I know who you mean. Then his son yeah, yeah. became a president he, as well. He started a private. Yeah, um, it's a, a bit of a worry when you've got a when your president's got a vested interest in yeah. growing his wealth well, on the back of someone else's making prop- a buck in America and <laughs> war. Well, yeah, war. Okay, this story is from the Canberra Times, October twenty third. Uh, there is a dying need for pill testing services. Victorian agencies say by Tara Kozaletto. 
Victorian health and community agencies are calling on the state government to provide a drug check-in service to, to prevent fatal overdoses. 77 organisations have signed a letter to the Labor government urging it to follow coroner's court recommendations on new psychoactive substances. The court previously advised the health department to implement a drug checking service to reduce the number of people who die after taking drugs from unregulated markets. The services, which would be in both permanent locations and also in mobile facilities, that's an interesting point, would allow people to check the content and dosage of, the, of their drugs. Mm. Data from these services could then feed into early warning systems, giving the community real-time information about the status of local drug markets, which is very useful. Mm. The services have already been implemented in at least 28 countries with the ACT currently running a drug checking service, and talking to Mitch about that, and Queensland is intending to launch one next year. Mm. New South Wales is also under pressure to introduce pill testing and has promised a drug summit next year with experts to chart a pathway for reform. Quote, many harms caused by the prohibition of drugs are caused by lack of good information. And this is one step towards addressing that. Harm reduction, Victoria's uh, Nick Wallace said. Quote, if it can save one life, then it's an important step. And as I said last week, Geoffrey, you know, what constitutes a catastrophe? How many deaths constitute a catastrophe? Uh, 47 Victorians died from new psychoactive substances in 2021 to 22, up from three deaths in 2017 to 2018. The health and community agencies say pill testing services would stop people from dying. Um, quote, we have seen many preventable deaths from people who have overdosed on hazardous substances that mimicked traditional drugs, um, APOD or Family Support, Debbie Warner said, quote, as a mother, I can only look with envy to those other countries which have progressed these reforms and mourn in sol solidarity with the many parents who have lost children to preventable overdose. The groups that have signed the letter include the Victorian Alcohol and Drug Association, Victorian Council of Social Service, Youth Affairs Council and Victorian Ambulance Union. I think that's really important that they've got, you know, listing those some of those 30 agencies that have signed that letter to the police. Oh, sorry, to the Victorian Labor government. Well, they need <laughs> some sort of push along. And um, particularly, and the, one of the reasons I think Victoria would be really important because if they don't look at stuff like that in the States where they can make their own laws and abide by them and will not be overruled by the federal government, yep. whereas the ACT can have its, its um, services or its le legislation um, removed... Well, it did at happen the stroke in the of the pen simply because we're a territory, not a state. Yeah. We're happened. not allowed to self-determine. Happened to both us and the Northern Territory. Problem. So it is a problem. Okay, we've got a couple of letters to the editor, which I don't often do letters to the editor, but this is also Canberra Times, October the 22nd. Uh, yes. Why is Michaela Cash so committed to the war on drugs? Question mark. Quote, the war on drugs has proved to be a long-term failure and different approaches are clearly needed. Senator Michaela Cash, with her bill to the Senate that attempted to override the upcoming changes to ACT drug laws, has a duty, a duty to explain why this so-called, quote, war is a better approach. It has become evident 
that the Liberal National Party is the party for looking after vested interests. And there is no doubt there are a vast array of vested interests in keeping drugs in the criminal justice system rather than treating them as a health problem. Cut straight to the point, doesn't it? And uh, then the, the second one, which is really interesting, is a play on words very clearly. Pears and partridges is the heading. I've often wondered how the term growing a pear seems to relate to growth in conviction and courage. <laughs> I've also heard that the coalition will always be left in the wake of the government unless they, quote, grow a pear, end quote. I suppose an opposition that begins to score points against the government and drives its supporters to almost mouth-frothing name-calling is beginning to show signs of pear-growing. <laughs> Why is growing a pear some sort of benchmark instead of growing an apple or growing an orange? Probably because it's apples and oranges. Because it's Probably it's because apples and oranges are incomparable. <laughs> Really, I think that's quite clever. It's very actually, because I tongue know cheek and that um, the woman from Tasmania is always saying "grow a pear." Yeah, what does uh, it grow a pear? Grow well, a pear. yeah, you're not. Well, she it's hasn't got a pear attempt. to grow, but I'd like the I like the idea that we're not we're talking not talking about testicles. We're talking about fruit. Yeah, but it's, a but it's great concept. when people can use humour to yes. discuss um, important issues. All right, look, we might play a quick song. Um, of course, 11 o'clock, the news comes up. This is uh, Jimi Hendrix and The Wind Cries Mary. Uh After all the dress are in the boxes And the clouds have all Staggering 
back to news from the drug war front. We've got under a minute till the 11 o'clock news came, comes up, and that, of course, was uh, the fabulous Jimi Hendrix with Wind Cries Mary, and we can yeah, use that as shout a, out to Mary a shout out to Mary. That. I yeah. hope she likes that because I love that oh, song. Oh, it's a beautiful song. It was one of the first that I heard of Jimi Hendrix, I think. Yeah, well, me too. That early era yeah. of singles that he put out when he went to the UK, they're the ones that I first heard. Yeah, yeah. You know, and he Fell was such a great yeah. uh, guitar player, but just also the poignancy of his lyrics was really, yeah, for a heavy l- guitar player, that was Look, it was almost a clever guitar his player. His lyrics, aside from his guitar playing, yeah. just a shame. Played with his teeth, Jeffrey, yeah. half the time. Behind his back, yeah. amazing, a showman. All right, uh, coming up to the national uh, 11 o'clock news. Yep, four seconds. We shall return. All right, welcome back to News from the Drug War Front, and we can only endorse that promotion. Uh, 2XX has uh, been very supportive of our program and many other original programs that, um, well, very unlikely would get uh, coverage on mainstream media. So, um, And it's also the second longest-running community radio station in the country, which is pretty amazing. Uh, 47 years uh, providing community radio to the good people of Canberra. So, um, yeah, if you, and in fact, they've got a radiothon at the moment, although the uh, prepared notes seem to have disappeared, so maybe that part of it has come to an end. But if you're in the position to become a, a financial uh, supporter, um, if, if you're not waged, it's $25 for the year, or I'm sure you could negotiate less if, you, if you're really skint, or you could um, come and do, but you know, volunteer maybe an hour or two, or... There's so much you can do, and it's rewarding skills to learn. Anyway, um, I'm delighted to uh, welcome Mitch Lamb, um, who's very kindly stepped in for uh, Chris Goff uh, due to um, uh, overdose of meetings at the same time. Uh, Mitch is the Administration and Communication Coordinator and is also the um, Peer Educator at the CanTest uh, Drug Testing Facility uh, for Karma. Hey, Jeff, how you doing? Oh, good, good. Lovely to be here. Long-time listener, first-time visitor. Um, but, yeah. Would you like to kick off on your can test experience or the decrim? Yeah, yeah. Look, um, why don't we talk about can test? Okay. I always like talking about can test. Yeah, I, um, think, I think it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I have the great pleasure uh, and joy of working at our nation's first drug-checking site uh, called can test. Um, yep. It's a really interesting and, um, dare I say, a cool place to work. Um, so my role at the site, um, I make up one of the elements of the team uh, that uh, sort of does service delivery for our clients. Um, so we have uh, peer educators like myself um, coming from community orgs, specifically coming from Karma. Um, and we also have AOD counsellors who are supplied by directions. Uh, we have a nurse. We have an on-call doctor. And then, of course, we have our wonderful analysts. Um, wow. Comprehensive. It really is. Yeah. Um, and it's been really good um, to, I guess, find our feet in the last 12 months. And, um, you know, being the first of its kinds in Australia, it's been interesting. Um, but I think we've, we've really... Um, really starting to shine now. Um, yeah, well, every month, you know, you give us the monthly statistics and we note anything sort of out of the ordinary or, you know, um, and it's amazing collection of uh, real data. That, That's it. Yeah. yeah. I think um, 
Jeff, you and I have spoken about this at length before, but for the pleasure of our viewers, um, it, it's obvious to us now that sort of review this data every month that th this sort of information hasn't existed before. Um, you know, police and uh, authorities uh, tend to rely on wastewater testing or uh, internal statistics gathered through seizures, if we're talking about police and border force. And, and I guess what we're seeing is the picture of drugs in Canberra and drug use in Canberra is really diverse, um, as you would expect, yeah. with a diverse population. No surprise there? No, not at all. Um, and I think a lot of, uh, you know, drugs of concern, you know, some emerging um, research chemicals and, and such um, weren't given attention before, um, and that's largely because I don't know if the police knew that uh, these wow. drugs are in circulation. Um, but it's good to start filling in the blanks here, Um Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And you're also in a position to put out alert warnings because we've actually um, put them on the air. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Look, the the alerts are incredible. I guess before CanTest existed, there had never been in the ACT, as far as I'm aware, a, um, a, a public health alert uh, concerning illicit Not a drugs. Not local one. Hmm. No. So wow. whereas... New South Wales, Victoria, they would routinely publish drug alerts. Okay. So CanTest has really opened up this door now and sort of started our uh, ACT Health in acknowledging that this is very important information for our community. Absolutely. Um, and CanTest is able to sort of push that uh, information into the right people's inboxes in health. Mm. And they are really responsive. When, when a panel of experts from our drug checking site says, hey, this is dangerous. Yeah, they don't want to just sit on their hands. And no, yeah. no, no. So that well, collaboration has been great. Mitch, it took a long time for the ACT to actually acknowledge that we had drug overdose deaths. And I've been in the this sector, okay, the alcohol and drugs treatment sector or the peer education treatment sector since 1984, mm. right? And the years are way before that because I'm 70 now, right? <laughs> but up until 1984, we had people just who died from respiratory failure. Mm. There were never any acknowledgement just that we had drug yeah. use or drug overdose deaths. Yeah. So what CanTest is providing for us, what, 50 years later? Or sorry, 30 years later or mm. 40 years later is remarkable. It's innovative. It's, and, and it's not exciting except insofar as it's innovative. That's right. But it's, it's intriguing and it is stuff that we can tell our listeners is happening now that's it. not 40 years ago yeah although we do rely on 40 years ago <laughs> worth of information because not much has changed except the innovative services that are being provided so what you do what you provide and what can test does is just phenomenal and it's, oh, I agree completely. Yeah, it's a star from for Canberra. Yeah, it really is amongst yeah. a bunch of black clouds, which is the rest of the states. That's it. And you know, I'm sure we'll hear about it today in the in the articles that um, Jeff's going to bring up. But um, the other states are looking to us now. Mm. Um, yeah. And what a remarkable thing that is! That's awesome. To, you Absolutely, know, smallest territory in the country, um, and we're now known as the leader. Um, on you know harm reduction really so 
the eighties we were the leader in harm reduction, but we were roundly ignored, Mitch. Mm. Yeah, whatever we did was basically done because of HIV. Yep. Not because of the interest in drug users, but because HIV we didn't want to infect didn't want users to infect the community with HIV. So and that was it was a prevention thing. Um and that, you know, it was horrifying because we were not, cons- they weren't concerned about us as people. We weren't people, we were just vectors. Mm. And that was horrible. We've come a long way, and I personally think Cantest is one of the most significant Im- improvements. Oh, definitely. I think, you know, as well, it puts the power back into the community. Mm. So, you know, it's, I'm getting information potentially before. Anyone in health, police, or border force are aware of it. Absolutely. And yeah. then instead of the hand wringing and the delays and you know decision by committee sort of process that information would usually take, yep. I'm able to come here on a radio show and talk about it straight away. Awesome. I can write a tweet and send it out to our yep. community. You yep. know, it's it's direct access to the information, which is. Since the 80s or longer ago, that's sort of what was sequestered away from our community was access to the information. Because if you look at harm reduction, it's really just providing simple information um, in most circumstances. Of course, there's material aid and and more things to that. But a lot of it is people not knowing, people not understanding, and that's come about from prohibition. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Indeed it has. So, so how did the partnership um, arrangement come into effect? Was uh, like a, anyone's particular idea or just uh, identified a, a, a gap that could be? I think um, so this whole process um, came about and a number of people were contacted within Canberra. Um, directions were contacted. And I think what became apparent immediately is no one provider can do it all. Uh-huh. Um, we have, uh, you know, we have a strong AOD system here. It's stressed, but it's strong. Yeah. Um, and I think that each uh, org has a different sort of strength that it can play off. Calm um, is definitely community and education and, you know, yeah. we have our roots in peers. So that's an element that's perhaps not as strong in some of the other orgs um, where they focus more on clinical service delivery or yeah. material aid. Therapeutic. That's yeah, right. That's, that's right. Um, I think the growth in services that Karma can, can offer, um, which you often do the introduction and talk about, you know, promote what we've... It's amazing how it's grown, you know. it's Peers can do anything. Yeah. Um, you know. Strangely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not a surprise to us, no, Mitch, but no. nonetheless a surprise to the community, I imagine. I yeah. reckon so. So, you know, I think it's I think it's been quite nice. You know, we were already partners with a lot of these orgs and it actually has that's the beauty of Canberra, is there's not so much competition. Um yeah. with a smaller population, we're not all fighting for the same money a lot of the time. So that collaboration's really worked out well. Mm. Um each plays to their strengths. Uh and then together we've kind of created a model that really suits a lot, like a broad amount of people because that's one thing about this drug checking site is it's a diverse client group. It's yeah. really diverse. Of course. Um, you know, wider than perhaps Karma would usually see. Um, which I, is, I think well, one of the great things uh, of you being involved in, in this project ha- 
is that it's brought in a whole genre of younger people mm. and classes of drugs that we just didn't have experience being not only focused on older opiate users, but, um, you know, perhaps missing keeping up with the times, or you know, which happens, but you've filled a gap um, which needed filling and onwards and upwards. Yeah, well, I think... Um it's funny because we're all one community, you know. It's it doesn't matter your age. Um, I guess I come from an electronic music festival backgrounds, but you know, drugs kind of brought us all together. Um, we were having these shared experiences on substances at these music events, and it it's a community of people. And I realised um, many years ago that that community is significantly less stigmatized and there's mm. a lot less health issues of course but we're still i feel like uh i feel the plight of all other drug users because you know i did suffer discrimination and stigma as a drug user living in sydney um nowhere as as bad as i feel like most of our community have had it but it makes it very easy for me to to feel close to the the wider drug using community because yeah. i can see how that could get significantly worse. Um, and, you know, now sort of linking up with karma, it is, we are all one community. Mm. Um, and I think that it's good to focus on supporting the young people in those settings. Because That's crucial. Absolutely. And it's, you know, they need help also. Yeah. Um, there's specific harms that we can really combat quite easily. Yeah. Um, and in doing that, I think that, we show the wider ACT community that we're all, we're all together, you know. Yeah. That person that's having a bad time that you might see out in Civic, yeah. they're part of your community. Mm. Um, and I think we're getting there. I think the message is starting to spread that it's, you know, everyone does this. Yeah. <laughs> everyone yeah. does drugs. It's um, just the reality. Yeah. And they're our yeah. brothers and sisters. Exactly. Um, it happens. and that's Something that we've been saying for years, but it's very difficult to get... Mothers, fathers, uncles, aunts, grandparents in particular, but also children mm. to say it happens. It happened not just to your family, but to everybody's family. Everybody probably knows. I used to say this in the old days. Everybody knows someone who used to own a video player. Yeah? <laughs> yeah. It, was, it was one of those things that if, if we take it all as a as a group, as a bunch, we become a community because of one thing, and it's about the legal status of the drugs we choose to consume. That's it. If you don't drink, what do you do for your pleasure intoxicant? Exactly. Yeah, pleasurable intoxicant. That's it. And <laughs> yeah, but the truth is, We've everybody had has a choice. For decades and and if you make a choice and you use a drug, you want to know what's in it. That's it. And you want to know what's in it from a source you can trust, which gives peers a role, yep. but also science plus peers. Yeah, so you get more practical and acceptable information from a peer. That's it. Yeah, I think... Um, With scientific backing, sorry. Oh, of course. That's the end of that statement. It's got to be, have that scientific backing. Not police backing, scientific backing. That's it. And the beautiful thing about scientific, uh, scientists and analysts, you know, yep. especially the ones that work at CanTest, is they're not concerned with moralising. Their job is to present facts. Yep. And 
It's, it's awesome. Big, um, big difference. Yeah. yeah, that's it. You know, they they don't get into judgment. They don't, you know. Which they, is just as well. Oh, yeah. Totally. You know, we wouldn't want them there if they did. But, um, <laughs> you know, they've been really beautiful and accepting and, you know, they're in close proximity with clients, sometimes intoxicated, sometimes agitated, and they've done such a fantastic job of just spelling out exactly what is in the supply yeah and then you know a peer can step in and really sort of wrap that around with some information um so there's no um telling people it's safe to use that it's just we talk about safer 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 yeah Yeah. that's it one of the one of the spiels i give to people when they come in is i say that when we're signing this waiver uh, which is a legal waiver to use the service right um I say to clients, I'll never tell you that your drugs are safe. Um, what I will tell you is everything else about it so that we've got 99.9% of the picture uh, and w- if you're well informed, you can make up that last 0.0.1%. Well, the, the 1% is your behaviour yeah, or it. the user's behaviour. That's yep. it. We often talk about drug set and setting. So it's yep. the three sort of pillars of what would make up a safe drug experience. Uh, yep. So... Drug is obviously, what are you taking? And as we know, it's that's been something outside of your control up until very recently. So, Are you still finding that it's more difficult to get people who are using powders than people using... Mm, particularly people with dependency. Um, yeah. uh, pills, or is it starting to... There's two sort of questions there. I'll answer the first one. Yep. So the, I think originally it was... Uh, Cantest was marketed as a pill, pill testing site, right? And I don't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it was done on purpose yeah. because um, at that point in the game, people were just sort of getting used to the idea of drug checking um, yeah. or pill testing, and that's what they did at Groove in the Moo, the festival. Yes. That was the first and trial, that's what wasn't it? Was it? Based on, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. It was based that's on right. That. Yeah. yeah, and I think it was very clever to when they started this project, call it pill testing, because people knew what it was. Yeah. Uh, if we suddenly introduced drug checking, I think you would have seen a lot more stigma mm. come into the, yeah. the conversation. Yeah, cl- clever way to start. Yeah, Negative that, emotional responses, I would think. Yeah. I think so, yeah. So so I'm glad now that we've reached a point where Cantest calls itself a drug checking yeah, clinic. Yeah. Um, it's a bit important change. Because yeah. one of the sort of things that we did see in the early stats was that we weren't getting enough methamphetamine heroin users. Um, yeah, yeah. And I think that was because there was that perception that it was only pills. Yeah. Which but, over time will change totally i think we're getting there now um one of the big things is most of the drugs that come in are powdered um or crystal um it's very rare not very rare but it's it's uncommon at this point for us to see pressed pills for things like mdma yeah whereas uh uh things like uh benzodiazepines Mm. uh, those are absolutely coming in pill form um and they do come with their own challenges yeah, but for the for the most part, we are seeing a lot more powders these days. That's uh, good, really good. I think the message is now getting out there. Now, to answer the second part of your question, yep. we are absolutely not getting enough uh, heroin, methamphetamine, uh, and other sort of, um, I guess, traditionally drug of concern um, yep. substances. You know, um, so it's I- a project to try and market the benefits of Cantest to that population or... Yeah, I think, you know, it's... L- let's face it, it's the most marginalised group of drug users in, yeah. in Canberra. Okay. Um, What's happening? Junkies called junkies junkies. That's you know it. What I mean? And that's a fraught term if ever there was one. 
when you're angry at somebody or if a user is angry at another, they tell them, that they call them a junkie. Yeah. Yeah. It is a very um, negative, it has negative connotations. And uh, very language is powerful. Determinedly, yes. Yeah. It's a nasty word. Yeah. Designed to be nasty. That's yeah. it. You know, that self-stigmatization. Yeah. Um, mutual stigmatization, yeah. actually. That's it. Sorry, I don't mean to mean you, me and you. <laughs> I should be doing it to Jeffrey. <laughs> but you know, it's there's a lot of challenges in reaching our community. Yeah. Uh, we, Karma knows that. That's why we're a low threshold service because yeah. we need community to come on their terms. Yeah. Um, I think that we're getting there with Cantest of just existing and showing people that we're not assholes and we actually care about you. Um, yeah, that's important. And, you know, one of the big ways that information spreads in our community is word of mouth. Mm. So it's, uh, yeah. that's a slow seeding exercise. It might take a few years for it to really seep into our marginalised community that it's safe. You, yeah. you know, you're not going to get pulled up by the cops as you come out, um, you know. They and stay away. and That's yeah. it. And, you know, and then there's back on. So, that, you know, that's sort of putting the onus on the community to eventually uh, take the service up. I think if we look in the other direction and we act like we do with other services that Karma does, we need to be in outreach settings. Yeah. So, we need to be taking this testing equipment yeah. or the ability to collect samples yeah. out to community. Yeah. That might be another, another uh, good strategy too, Mitch, actually collecting samples um, because of the timing that the service is available at the moment. Yep. It isn't always convenient. Because people, particularly people with dependency issues and those are powder people, we need are using hours, every yeah, day, they use at the time they acquire the drugs. Yep. So actually being able to retrieve a certain, a small amount, and it's only a small amount, people, that the drug checkers need, a very tiny amount. Yeah, one to two milligrams usually. Yeah. yeah. Not taking your whole deal. Well, one to <laughs> yeah. two milligrams, that's like 10 points. Um, we're talking about a lot. When you're talking about powders, people are buying 0.1 of a, and we don't know how many milligrams until it's checked. Yes. Yeah. Yep. But the issue really is that they need to be taken away to check because people that use use immediately, yep. they don't have time to hang on to drugs. They generally 24-7 are doing are drug users. Yeah, That's yep. their main feature of their day is their drug use. And until that's achieved, operating for the rest of the day is not on, doesn't happen. Yep. So when they do that... Once they've done, uh, provided a small amount, it can be checked and the next time they see the bus or the drug checking or can test somehow, mm. they can get the results that's of their it. drug. It'll uh, get there. It'll get there. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think that's a really, you know, that's a good way to think about it, right? Yeah. We need to be where they are because yeah. at the moment we can't, it's not fair to expect that part of the community to stop and yeah. come all the way out to Civic yeah. and wait for ages, you know. I think that's unfair, um, you know, and it's – we're aware. It's, you know, and we're only in the first iteration of, uh, yeah. of Cantest. It's early days. That's yeah. it. So yeah. I think, um, I think yeah, the outreach plan is really good. I yeah. think, um, you know, there's uh, – safe consumption rooms um, come to mind when mm. I think about a good way of collecting. Oh, yeah. yeah. So – we don't have one here, as we know and mm. are very sad about. But um, if we were to have one, 
can test could quite easily test spoons and yeah. equipment. Yeah. Um, well, and that's a really good point. Really the good. testing of spoons, because when we're talking about milligrams, that's it. Drug users aren't. They're just talking about how much powder they've got. Yeah. yeah. That sounds like a large amount, but but it isn't really. But no. if you talk about being able to test spoons. That make, takes on a whole different... That's a really big change in attitude totally. or in focus for drug users. They can go, they can take a spoon for the quality yep. of my drugs. That's Definitely fabulous. a project we could work it's on. It's a fabulous concept. Really, yep. Mitch. Yeah, because I, I know that uh, Victoria, they have a program where they do uh, test discarded uh, stuff from their testing... Uh, sorry, from their consumption site there. Yeah. Um, and that produces statistics, and it's it's fascinating. Yeah. Um, and I think that we've got our own testing laboratory here now. Yeah. Uh, okay. That seems like quite a natural step for me, um, you know, a safe consumption room where we check. Yeah. And, you know, that would be a great way to reach some of our community that are a little bit more, uh, you know, their drugs come in small volumes yeah. and they're not really keen a to... A bit more cautious. That's I don't want to forego yeah, any that's of it. it, yeah. But uh, if I can, this is an ex- explanation I give to some people at CanTest about yep. how much a milligram or two actually is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things I would say to our more marginalised community members is a milligram or two can be uh, essentially gathered from a baggie that you haven't already wiped your finger around yep. in. So it can be a completely empty baggie, but it but has some residue. Have some there. That yeah. is enough. Wow. Um, yeah. And if, if that's sort of, if you're willing to spare that, then or we a can, filter. That's yeah. What about a filter? Uh, Would we that be we enough? we Bit struggle sometimes with the filters okay. because, yeah. because we'd have to go through a process of extraction, and that might be instead of taking the twenty minutes it usually takes. Yeah, it could be days, and it's. I, I think Ouch. our model's not built for that. I wish it was. Yeah, haven't got the resources. That's it. Yeah. But you know. So uh, does that? Sorry, but does that mean it needs to be a dry um, portion? Needs to be a dry because you couldn't put some water through a filter and extract that? No, because what would happen on our testing equipment is it would see the water before it saw the drugs. Okay. Um, so Just interest, important thing to know for definitely. the consumers, yeah. I, I think it's there's an, there's an important, important thing here as well in being that CanTest can absolutely test freebase drugs, yeah. um, okay. so which have the appearance sometimes of being wet. Yep. Um, so... That's no problem at all. Um, It's just that when you hold drugs in, let's say steroids, steroids are typically held in uh, water or oil. Or oil-based. Or an alcohol-based. Now, our testing equipment is very uh, refined and we use a number of machines, but none of those machines is particularly good at it filtering out the oil and finding the component within. Uh, Mm -hmm. There is equipment that we could have, um, if we had more money. Yeah. Um, this isn't cheap just equipment. A hint, which is just a hint. <laughs> just a little hint, but a hint nonetheless. Are you listening, ACT Health? Um, <laughs> but no, so there is a, there is a very good machine for uh, oils and other things that we can we transform that compound into its gaseous form. Yeah. Uh, so that equipment exists at ANU, but is very, very expensive. Yeah, um, so we do have access to that uh, stuff in a pinch, but we can't use it for every sample. Um, and that's my point here being is there's a there's a whole range of drugs at the moment that require this uh, special testing uh, machine. Yeah. And it's not currently in care I wonder if the moment. police would be interested in foregoing 
part of the 90% of the alcohol and other drug funding that they get from uh, the national no. campaign <laughs> to, to buy no, a machine. Uh, <laughs> wouldn't that be nice? It'd no. be lovely, wouldn't it? Nice yeah. concept. Um, um, Mitch, I wanted to ask you the question about the three substances that were found at Cantest that were unknown um, around the world. Is it? True. Or, uh, I'm or not sure about three, but I'll just run through the ones that I'm aware of. Because yep. um, that's extraordinary. It really is. Um, it's not often that a laboratory in somewhere like Canberra makes a discovery. No, uh, it's extraordinary. The, the thing about drug synthesis is there's companies at this day and night, you know, your Pfizer's and stuff like that. They yeah. they are going at it and trying to find new molecules. Um so it, it was a big shock to us when we tested what we thought was going to be a ketamine sample, I think it was eight to ten months ago now, mm. and we got back a result that didn't make a lot of sense to us. Okay. Um, so one of the testing methodologies we use is called a ultra-performance liquid chromatography machine. Um, that machine runs drugs through a column in a solution um, and times the results that come out and then also uses a UV spectrum to analyse the results again. Um, wow. Really, you know, impressive, ser- yeah. serious stuff. Yep. Um, now, that machine saw something, uh, a result that looked as though it was very close to ketamine, uh, mm-hmm. potentially in the same family, but, but it quite. conclusively was not ketamine. Oh, okay. um, wow. And a good part about our, our, our testing site is instead of testing spoons, um, that sort of aren't attached to a person. Our side is testing drugs supplied by a person. So yep. the person who submitted that sample provided some very important information that actually led to us looking deeper into this particular sample. So yeah. not only was it the interesting results that we couldn't quite quantify, it, it was, was an also interesting connection. That is that's right. The the user sort of said to um it wasn't me, it was one of my colleagues, but said, Hey, this was really weird. Um I've used a lot of ketamine. Yeah, I know ketamine quite well. Wasn't what I expected. That's it. And that was, you know, this shows the value of this uh, front of house model where we speak to people. Yeah. Um, is that person was able to effectively tell us that this was worth looking at um, yeah. by saying, you know, I had this effect, which I know doesn't usually happen with ketamine. And, you know, we had a really long, really good conversation with this person. That's fantastic. Yeah. And then we were able to, in our, our, we have a meeting where we review drugs of concern. Um, so, uh, you know, compounds that look a bit weird or compounds that are dangerous. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in that meeting, we we're able to use that conversation along with our analytical results to say, hey, this is strange. Um, which then prompted our analyst team to go back to ANU and run their tests on that uh, machine that turns stuff into gas. Um, Wow, it just sounds amazing. It does. And then that machine also pulled up a big whoopsie. Um, it didn't know the sample either. So that's when... Well, that's when they, have been scratched. And yeah, you know. So um, Malcolm McLeod, who's the, the lead analyst from ANU and is a, um, a chemistry lecturer at ANU, he really got interested at that point because it's not often that that, that machine back at ANU pulls a blank. Um, wow. Uh, and then from that point onwards, it went on to the most, as far as I'm aware, the most complex form of testing we've got available to us here in Canberra, which is nuclear magnetic resonance. Um, don't, 
Don't ask me how it works. <laughs> way over my head. No, me too, <laughs> mate. I know the name. And yep. That's about it. But um, I had it explained to me in layman's terms. And essentially, it breaks down the compounds mm-hmm. into its building blocks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we sort of look at those building blocks and kind of uh, backwards engineer the drug. Um, I've, I've probably butchered that. So, I'm sorry, chemists. Um, but through NMR, we were able to actually look at this compound and go, hey, this is weird. We built the structure and therefore we had the name. Yep. Um, and the name came out as 2-fluoro-2-oxo-PCE. Ah, that's so, where uh, we get these funny labels. Yeah, from. that's it. Ah, these so, drugs are just like gobbledygook to me. That's know? it. Someone's played around with a ketamine molecule and moved a few things here or there. And it's uh, legal now because well, it's not illegal. Sorry. Well, Australia has analog laws, so it would have been illegal here. But you're right. There are other countries that don't have those laws. Uh-huh. And oh, analog laws. Yeah, That's so what called. yeah, okay. so when you create, dr- if you can get high off it in Australia, it's probably illegal. It's okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <just> going, <laughs> absolutely across that the board. Makes yeah, perfect yeah. sense, doesn't yeah, it? it? Every does. every now and then, someone will find something that no one's cottoned onto, yeah. and they'll have a, a nice period where they can enjoy their legal high. But eventually, once the authorities do find the out, games, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that's so standard, yeah, isn't it? Not if you like it, it's probably illegal. That's it. Yeah? Yeah, no, look, I, I just think CanTest is the single most important uh, reform that has passed the ACT in the last however what, long What, the CanTesting yeah. facility? Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I like the decrim. It's not ideal. You know, it's not, I guess, well, what we argued well, for. Uh, but it's, it's We've advocated for legal, yeah? Yeah. But, but that's what we'd prefer. It's a step in the right direction. It is. But... The can test is incontrovertible evidence. You know, like politicians talk about evidence-based uh, policy. Constantly. Yep. You can't beat this. Yeah. No. And the longer it goes, the more. And That's if we can build our strategies on the evidence that we're being provided, because I'm so tired of hearing that the evidence from overseas mm. is not relevant to the ACT because it's from New York or it's from London or it's yeah. from Scotland. It's ridiculous. Yep. So it doesn't mean anything for us. We have local stuff that is called evidence. It is scientifically based. It's translated into words we understand, but it informs, it can inform the strategies that the people who are most uh, addicted to the addiction model yep. or to the illegal model the ones that are so connected to it because they get a lot of money out of it. Yes. Or for any other reason. There are plenty of reasons why people still like to keep drugs illegal. Yep. If not because it's just because it's if you like it, it's gotta be illegal. If just for that simple reason. But it's so good to have this oh, it's brilliant. for us to inform our strategies oh. and let our customers, our listeners, have their own agency if you like yep by virtue of having information that yeah. they can cite back information to is power. the police or their family that's yeah? it um dave put in a request for um this is one of his favorite bands it's typical dave rise against and i think the name of the song is um swing life i've got my reading glasses away anyway it's just rise against and shout out to dave Mm-hmm. 
Eleven forty-one. You're listening. News from the drug war front on People Powered Radio. And that was swing FM. life away, Jeff. Swing life away. Sorry, Dave. Rise against. Yeah, not quite as heavy metalish as uh, Dave's. As Dave normally does. Usual yeah, genre. Thank but, you for um, that, Dave. Thanks for that, Dave. Yeah. Okay, we're talking to Mitch about uh, can test. I was wondering whether we could. Um, perhaps with the time remaining, switch over to the decrim legislation. Ah, uh, yes. Our, our favourite topic of the week, decrim, mm, well, <laughs> comes into effect on the 28th. Saturday is the day. That's it. Da-da-da-da. Yeah, it's very exciting. Um, so Let's talk about what it doesn't mean first, hey, because that's the stuff that people are running with at the moment, the, the frightening stuff that they are, uh, the misinformation and disinformation uh, they are yes. talking to each other about. Yeah, I hate reading comment sections at oh, the yeah. moment. It's heartbreaking, um, isn't it? Yeah. And, you know, uh, our friend Michaelia Cash is oh, doing her. Oh, bless her heart, her, yeah. Um, she just 
horrendous now. Yeah, look. So, yeah, some of the, I guess the most common misinfo that I've heard this week would be that uh, people are going to come on road trips to Canberra to use their drugs, which is just insane. Drive all that way for a a gram and a half. (laughs) We've heard that since 1990. When did uh, Gabriel start to do it? Gabriel Bammer did it in the early 90s. Early 90s, 92, 93, when we're doing the heroin uh, research on heroin provision. Yeah, yeah. Four years' work went into it and, and Howard vetoed it without even talking to his own cabinet. Just and one of the big arguments was just that, that we were going to get people from Orange moving to Canberra so they could get on a heroin program. I mean, Crazy. that would be a great result for starters because that person would have more support in Canberra than they do in Orange. Yep. So I guess that's the thing is like this misinfo campaign is running old lies yep. f- from the beginning of sort of the war on drugs. Yep. They never change. They and just they keep d- repeating them. <laughs> and the, I guess the thing is they don't need to change because they are fear messages. Yeah. Um, yep. uh, it's ridiculous. And um, fear works. It does. we've seen with the referendum. Yeah, just it does. say no or if you don't know, say no, <laughs> stuff like that. Yeah. You know, that, yeah. that felt straight out of the, you know, 60s and 70s, that, that slogan, if it you did. don't know, say no, yeah. is yeah. ridiculous yeah. because, you know, it's treating... Nancy Reagan... Yeah, thanks, Nancy. That's where it came from, yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Um, but, you know, it's it's this fear campaign of it is complex. I understand that. It's, you know, when you're changing the law and you're talking about drugs, it's full on. Mm. There's a lot of things that touch on a lot of different areas of our society. And, you know, law, I'm, I, my partner's studying law at the moment. One of the first things she said to me is, you're not going to be able to help me with my assignments if you think that the law is common sense. Because mm, it ain't. It ain't. No. There's, there's not a lot of common sense in the law. No. And so when we're talking about decrim, I get it. It's confusing. Mm. Um, and I've sort of worked with Chris Goff um, as one of my roles is communication. So we've been trying to digest this law ourselves. And as professionals in the AOD sector, we struggled um, yes. at first to make heads or tails of several things. It's a whole new experience. That's it. So I, I get the fear. I do. And I think there's people playing on that fear. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. gross. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, doesn't that happen with everything? Oh, of yeah. course. If you had, and the one-liners are the things that are, because they're so catchy, yep. because they, are, they become... Um, they become the obvious thing to say. They come become the response of the day is a one-liner because it catches you and you can run with it. Just say no. That's it. Yeah? Yeah. Easy. It's, it's a very simple message. And I guess the thing that I'm trying to say here is this is not simple. It's, it, you know, I, I hate to make this sort of comparison, but the referendum wasn't a simple question. I mean... Yes. It required it sounded investigation. Simple, but it required thinking. It did, yeah. you know, and reading. Yeah, nuanced, right? Yes. And, and I think law should be nuanced because if we do uh, broad slathers, obviously there's sections of society that get impacted if you just do a sweeping general law. Yeah. So you know, drug law should be nuanced because mm. it should look after our community, yes. right? And there's people who are more at risk that need uh, more support. So I guess just like the referendum, this is a really nuanced issue. And I wish there was a bit more trust in the people that have been working on this to, you know, 
to not take the most simplest fear message and, and, and sort of run with it. And promote it. That's it, you know. Everyone in the legislative chamber in ACT heard about this well in advance, yep. mm-hmm. had the opportunity to participate in committees yep. and hear from the horse's mouth. And didn't. And didn't. Yeah. Um, or if they did, they didn't listen and they're yeah. still running these messages of fear. Um, I think, you know, there I'm, I'm, I've been looking and I can't find any evidence of drug tourism in countries that have decriminalised. No. It makes no sense because if we look at drug use statistics, people use drugs everywhere in places that they should uh, sorry, not should not, places that they are being told that they cannot, mm-hmm. they still manage to use. Yeah, um, funny about that. It and is. Irrespective of the punishment, which that's, in some that's countries it. is your life. You know. you know, if people are able to use drugs in prison freely, which is a, a literal metal cage, mm-hmm. then you're not going to stop it in any setting. Absolutely. So I, I, I never understood the uh, drug tourism thing because it's like, why would you drive... <laughs> when you can just use drugs where you are. Um, It's ludicrous. Maybe someone, and this is like your orange point before, if someone lived in orange and they thought, fuck, if I move to Canberra, I'm not going to get criminalised and maybe I'll have better access to support, good. You know, I think that's a great outcome because that person can come here and get support. They're not coming here for the free drugs. And safe advice. That's it. Yeah, safe using advice. That's it. Harm reduction information. (laughs) You know, but that's, you know, being realistic, I don't think that's going to happen at at any measure. Um, No. no. Certainly not in a way that you could measure. Needle Exchange had the same problem when it's set up. You know, that was going to encourage drug use. Yeah. Bar humbug. Well, yeah. it was a pilot that was for 10 years, wasn't ridiculous. it? Yeah, and that's the thing. It's like, has anyone produced a report that shows that there's this drug tourism? No. no. So, you know, not only is it a fear campaign, but it's just a lie. Yes. Um, and that really frustrates me when we're having these conversations. Yeah. Um, Us too. We often absolutely. comment on how absolutely. maddening it is the power of 50 odd years of. Prohibition the closest, propaganda. The closest thing I ever got to drug tourism, the concept in action, was when I was in the Netherlands and I met a man who was working with HIV-infected injecting drug users, particularly those people who had come from the Eastern Bloc countries, the ex-Eastern Bloc countries. That's how long ago it was, gang, <laughs> after the wall came down or around about that time. But these people had been using drugs in their country. When the wall came down or when there was a hole in the wall in Germany, they went up through Germany and into the Netherlands because the availability, particularly of marijuana, was pragmatic yeah, and yep. available. Powders and so on were a whole different other thing, but they still use them. But if they became infected with HIV, and they did, they were actually sent back to their country. But the guy who was in charge of their hospital and their relocation um, matters was virtually the knight in shining armour. Basically, he could insist that their country of origin provided with provided the infected HIV-infected drug, injecting drug user with the same service that was available in the Netherlands. So if they were getting methadone, if they were getting support and care, if they were getting HIV treatment uh, or retrovirals, that was what he could insist upon before they would be repatriated to their country of origin. 
It was a job he adored, although it was frustrating. But that's as close as I got to the concept of drug tourism. And again, that's not about tourism for joy. That, no. That is just supporting people. Yes. Absolutely. It was simply about yeah. making sure people stayed alive. That's it. And just, one of the failures of the decrimin Portland was that they didn't provide any of the services that are meant to go. I I would even challenge you on the fact that I don't know if Portland was a failure. I just wonder if Portland ran into the fentanyl crisis. Mm. Uh, Ah. And this is, I've heard a lot of this, so we can touch on another thing that's come out of decrims, another big sort of set of lies are the apparent apparently according to a lot of people online that you know oregon failed and portland mm. failed mm. and there's zombies everywhere and all these awful stigmatizing yeah. things i think everyone's forgetting that fentanyl and xylazine have just you know wiped out yes tens of thousands well hundreds of thousands like you know i can't quote the fact but it was over two hundred thousand people that passed away in the last year in the yeah. united states that's it in canada. Or including canada yeah i'm not sure <coughs> i think it was just the u.s oh, that we're talking about oregon sorry yeah yeah the, but it, it Killed a lot of people. Yeah, you know, Northern America, including Canada, have got this massive issue where I don't know where the supply is coming from, but someone has essentially infected the supply with fentanyls and xylazines and nidazines and all these hyper-concentrated compounds. And when we look at uh, decriminalisation or any sort of drug reform in the US, they're behind the eight ball. Yep. Yeah, that is often why they are doing these rapid, and you know, it does seem big and scary at the time for the US. Decriminalization there is usually happening in areas that are already really struggling with um, high levels of drug use. Yeah, and yeah. it's and you know these yeah. hyper strong compounds that are causing mm. people to drop off, you know, the smallest hit. Um, so I I challenge people that I don't know if you can now disconnect the success or failure of decriminalization in the US or oh, Canada. Definitely look into that, Mitch. Yeah, yeah you know, it's, look, when I've looked at it, it's it, during the period of study, we've had fentanyl pop up on their market and mm. obviously deaths and overdoses skyrocket. Yep. You can't use that against decrim because, yep. you know, that that's not fair. I don't know how you disconnect those two things. Um, because, well, <laughs> because traditionally... With drug and alcohol propaganda, or drug at propaganda, illicit drug propaganda, you can connect anything you want to because drugs are the enemy. Yep. And people who use drugs are just agents of the devil. Yep. So when it becomes that kind of Christian moral problem, you can connect anything you like because it's okay to do that. When you're talking about the devil, the devil does a whole stack of wrong stuff. That's it. And it kills our kids. Yep. But the problem is it's our mums and dads too. And we're finding now that we've got kids who are doing interventions on their on their families, on their parents. Totally. Particularly with powders. Yeah. Look, we're running close to time. I'll play a very quick song oh, wow. and then we'll wrap it up. Gee, we have. This is <laughs> The Doors and the Crystal Ship. Before you slip into unconsciousness I'd like to have another kiss
days are bright and filled with pain Enclose me in your gentle rain That was uh, the doors and the crystal ship. We're just coming into the home stretch. I think we've got about three minutes. We're in the home stretch. And we're just about finished. Our time, our with Mitch has passed in a flash. Um, <laughs> it has. It was fabulous, Mitch. But you've been great. A terrific guest. Oh, yeah? It's nice to hang out with you guys. And he's already said he'll come back. Um, <laughs> yeah, committed more to it, and we've got and him tied in. Yeah. What's your general sense of how things will go in the future? Obviously, it needs funding beyond um, end of next year if it's going to continue. And perhaps extra hours or... Yeah, look, I think there's a whole range of things we could do a bit better. And that might be, you know, like that outreach we were talking earlier Mm. where we go out to communities and collect samples. I think also uh, an increasement of our hours is the most obvious thing. Um, And, you know, eventually maybe tying Cantest to something like a a supervised injecting or use centre in Canberra. Um, Yep which would really open up the floodgates. Um, I don't think that... Do you think that's likely to happen anytime soon? Hey, if it's going to happen anywhere, it'll happen in Canberra That's first. true. Uh, I'd be likely being here. Yeah. <laughs> look, Seriously. We, we look forward to the evaluation, the 12-month evaluation, which you, you say you've done, and, and we'd love to see and have you talk about it. We really, because we've got so no time left, um, I just want to thank you so much because I just think our listeners will have been glued to, you know, I know we have at least one person who gets bored with Cantes stuff. If he knows this stuff, that's great. <laughs> I think he's just in a bad this mood. Stuff. This is stuff we don't know. What's sick of hearing so about Cantes? good for you. Yeah, look, I love talking about Cantes. Please congratulate the team for us because we are really impressed with their work. Yeah. Love being able to report on it. Love being, feeling informed 
Huh. Yeah. Who knew that could be so potent? It's, it's yeah. good stuff. Yeah, you guys it's such a come. huge breakthrough. Yeah. I, I must come and um, yeah, please. I'll give you. Out. I'll give you the the VIP the experience. Oh, awesome. Yeah. <laughs> Does that mean we get a coffee with it? Um, <laughs> I would probably scratch out a tea if I had to. <laughs> What's the best day to go? You uh, do a look, Friday or? Uh, it's it's anyone's guess. I okay. mean, if you're able to, Thursday is typically a little bit quieter. Okay. Thursday, because it's the afternoon. Yeah, yeah that's it. Our Friday night is it's a bit more hectic. Yeah. It's busy. You know, yeah. we've got a mix of people. Some people are going out. So, yeah. Yeah. But yeah. Drop, drop in. So the hours are um, uh, 3 to 6 p.m. on Thursdays and 6 till 9 p.m. on Fridays. That's right. It's the awesome. first, first floor of the ACT Health Centre? Yep, yep. Straight on the ground floor. Oh, ground um, floor. Okay. You can't miss us. The signs are everywhere. Um, Brilliant. Is can't. that right? Is that the f- where the forensic testing is this or is that a, it's a different section right next the to the center. nsp if uh if next our community NSP, knows yeah. the nsp you kind of go indoors it. and you'd be sweet yeah. perfect location mitch excellent we've got all right we've got uh, yeah 15 okay. seconds Not thank you very much for coming Brown. mitch um oh, mo- more than more than happy to be here guys and i'll be back to chat can test results uh-huh. great Soon. like sun lays me down with my mind she runs throughout the night no need to fight never a frown with golden brown every time just like the last on her ship tied to the mast two distant lands takes both my hands Never a frown with golden brown Golden brown, fine attemptress Through the ages she's heading west From far away, stays for a day Never a frown 